a parent, I remember when my kids were young, I mean, young, like just come out of the womb. And I remember uh, just the different stages of their feeding process. Now, I remember having to uh, try and feed them with that little airplane, trying to get it into their mouth or doing whatever I can to get them to take that food. You know, you kind of, as a parent, you have to be the dinner and the show in most cases. So I remember doing those funny things. And I remember sometimes that the plane would go in smoothly, depending on what they were eating, right? And then other times, not so well. Sometimes you had the explosion in the cargo bay there of all the, all the peas spitting out all over the place or whatever it might have been that they were eating that day. So these different stages of that early time feeding the kids, I, I like those times. I remember those very well. Those were good times. Before they got to that stage, though, like I said, they, they started out with the breast milk there, and we kind of moved from the breast milk to that, uh, that rice cereal flakes thing where you kind of pour the little water in there and mix it up, kind of like, a, like an oatmeal. Uh, and then they went through those different transitional stages. They didn't just come out of the womb and boom, right into the meat. They, they had to go through the stages of the milk and the cereal. And then you start introducing some of the softer uh, baby foods. And then you know, eventually you get to the Cheerios and things like that. Well, the reason I bring this up is because the Christian life is kind of the same way. When we first came into knowing God, we didn't just, boom, start in with revelation or any of those type things. We, we, we had to go through this process where there was that, that time when we had the milk. And eventually, uh, once, once, we, once we had the milk there, we, we moved on to some of the other maybe chunkier, meatier pieces there where we were in our study and our study, you know, at the beginning, it might've just been reading through the book of John. It might've been uh, just going to church, having some prayer. And then we kind of move into these other groups now, maybe a small group, maybe something more like that, where we're, we're, we're beginning to know more about God's word and we continue to move and we learn more even more about God's word. We learn about these different doctrinal things. We learn about uh, the true depth of salvation and, and all these different pieces. And so we see that there is this progression that has to happen to where now, maybe maybe you've been with Christ for quite some time and, and you used to be that, that little baby there, but now you are a teacher of God's word. So you've really indulged and you've been eating the steaks. And now with that, you're able to help other people problem with the people in the church these days though a lot of them are still stuck they've been with god for a long time but they're still stuck on the milk when they should be advanced in the meat let me give you a scripture here i'm going to go to first peter first peter chapter 2 starting verse 1 Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander and of every kind. Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. What Peter is writing here is very interesting. This is going to be our text for today. Remember, we've been talking about the tasting and the seeing that God is good. We've been talking about that craving of God's word. And we see today in this passage that Peter is telling us 
that we need to put away some of those childish things, such as the the slander, the malice, the the deceit, the hypocrisy. Those things are are you know when we were when we first started out as unbelievers, yeah, those are things that would have kind of marked us. And now we are believers, and so we need to kind of grow up. And he says, like 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 newborn babies crave spiritual milk, so that by it that you may grow up in your salvation. We're being challenged here to grow up in our salvation. We're being challenged to put aside those things that used to be what marked us and hopefully aren't marking us anymore. We're supposed to put those things aside and like newborn babies, we're supposed to crave a pure spiritual milk. And it says here, so that we can grow in our salvation. So we're gonna talk today about this milk that we start out with, but I want us to get to a point where we are also talking about meat, because if we are still well advanced in our years of spending time with God, but still drinking only the milk and not doing the meat process, well, how, how far along are we really? I mean, going back to the illustration of my children, when my children were first birthed, yes, they needed the milk, but as time has gone on, they have moved to solid foods. They've moved to, I mean, my kids are eating steaks and all that type of stuff now. So the natural progression is that we're not still eating milk or drinking milk only at how old we are. My kids being between 11 and 18. No, they, they've advanced. So spiritually, are we advancing as well? Let's read this verse one more time. Again, this is 1 Peter 2, and I'm just going to narrow in on verses 2 and 3. Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Remember, we've been tasting about that, or we've been talking about tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. All right, so let's break this down a little bit. So maybe at the beginning, reading the Bible, going to church, praying, those are the things we talked about that might be kind of more along the lines of that spiritual milk. All right, but as we have advanced, like we talked, now we're, we're moving away from just those things, but now we're being involved. Now we're part of a group that maybe, the, maybe we're studying a little bit deeper. And eventually we're going to get to that meat part, hopefully, which is where we are teaching other people God's word as well. But this phrase, pure spiritual milk, when you look at that in the Greek, it actually translates into untampered, easy to understand milk that, allow, that, that allows for... I'm sorry, the untampered, easy-to-understand milk of God, allowing for a simple means of agreement. That's what it breaks down to. If you break that rest of that passage down in the Greek, that's what it's saying here. And this is a good place. This is where we need to start. We need to understand that, that we have to grow in our salvation. But again, this should be the start. Milk should be the start. It shouldn't be the end. But for so many in the church, they're satisfied with just having the milk. I want us to be at a point where we are really hungry and thirsting after God that, that having the milk is not enough. Yes, it was a good starter, but I'm, I'm hoping that you want more. I'm hoping that you're here today listening to me because you want more, that you're not satisfied with just the milk. Again, that was a great place to start, but I hope 
that it's not where you're ending. I hope that you are ingesting the meat. But if not, let, let, let's get to that point today. Let's get to that point where we realize that I want more. How I said this last month, last week. How desperate for God are you? How hungry and thirsty for God are you? If we are still here years into our walk with God and we're still just having the milk, how desperate, how hungry have you been for God? I shared last week, I've been a Christian for since the age of five, 40 years. If I'm still drinking on the milk, then I haven't really been that desperate for God. I've not really been at a point where I want God. I want you to be at that point. I hope you're at that point where you are craving God. That you that the milk doesn't satisfy you anymore. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 10. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 10. I'm going to start in verse 3. So verse 1 Corinthians 10. I'm going to start again in verse 3. I'm going to read just a couple verses here for you. Verses 3 through 5. It says, They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. Now, this is referring back to the time when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt. And so we have this, this, uh, this quarreling, this grumbling against Moses, this, this serving the idols still. Remember, they made the golden calf and all this type stuff. And so God, what, what Peter, I'm sorry, what Paul is saying here in this first Corinthians chapter is that they were still pretty much infantile. They were, they were still kind of beginning in their relationship with God, so to say. So they were, they were not doing all the things that should have been done. They were testing all these different areas here. Again, as it says, um, they, they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them wherever they, uh, sorry, accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. So, so they're talking about Christ. He's, you know, they're, they're moving through the desert here, and Christ is God is is pro pro providing for them this spiritual food, this spiritual drink. But He's also providing for them in the in the physical as well. If you remember the whole manna and quail, and then whenever they needed water, God provided water. And sometimes that water was uh, already there. You know, we know it was bitter at one time. Moses threw a stick in there and it turned sweet. We know that God provided water from a rock. Uh, so kind of a, his own little addition of a, of a drinking fountain there coming from the rock there. So we know that God was providing. And, and what, through all this, you would have thought that they would have understood God. But no, they were still in those baby stages there. And when God expected them to be a little bit older, a little bit more advanced in their relationship with him, 
they're still doing these other things. They're still worshiping the other gods or, or quarreling or grumbling or all these different things and, and even doubting God. In fact, we even find that when the spies were sent out, that you have the situation where the 12 spies come back and 10 of them are the ones saying, we looked like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Not that we looked like grasshoppers in their eyes. In our own eyes, we looked like grasshoppers. And then you had those two, Joshua and Caleb, who said, ah, you know what? The land is great. Everything is great. And yeah, the people are big, but we can take them because God has already given us this victory. And so you have this, this dispute. You have a couple in there who are, they are ready for the meat. They are, they are chomping down on these spiritual stakes, but you have the other 10 that are like, oh, they're so big. We just can't do it. And, and they're basically going back and because they're, they're, they're in that infantile stage still. God had, God wanted them to grow up. God was showing them his miracles. He was showing them who he was. And they continue to sit back and just have these babyish type moments. Well, we got to be careful what we say, right? Because some of us in the church are the exact same way. But that's not what God wants us to be like. He wants us to be mature Christians. He wants us to be mature in our faith. He wants us to have the meat, but yet we're still so content with just the milk. And we see as a result of it that not all of them made it into the promised land. Of that original generation, only Joshua and Caleb, they were the oldest two to go into the promised land because they were the ones that were eating the meat in a time when God wanted them to be eating the meat. So we really have to be careful what we're looking at here because I don't want to be one of those who is so content with the milk and I miss out on something that God has for me. I don't want to be one of those who is casual in my Christianity to begin with, but I don't want to be one who is still drinking from the bottle when all this time God has been having this feast for me that I'm, that I'm, I'm a little cautious to eat. No, if God has put it before me, I want to eat it. How desperate are we for God's word? How desperate are we to move in the ways that God wants us to move into and to put those babyish things aside, to put the milk back in the bottle for a, a new believing Christian and me eat the meat? So let's take a look at a couple more verses that have to do with with the eating and the and the feasting and the, the different stages that we go through. I'm going to jump over to Hebrews chapter 5. When you Hebrews chapter 5, I'm going to look at verse 12. Actually, let's start in verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching, of, uh, with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by, con who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So let's let's talk about this passage here for a second because 
here we find that the writer of Hebrews is telling us, look, you should be on solid food now, but you're still having the milk. You should, you should know the, these, these things about God. You should know these things in relation to the walk with God, He's specifically talking about righteousness there. But yet we find that you're still not there. You're still going back and you're still going back to the milk there. And notice one of the things he says here specifically is about, about sin. I'm going to read this passage again. We have much to say about this. So he's wanting whoever is writing this, they are wanting to say more, but they're limited because there's this, this backtracking they have to go through to explain what is still, you know, to explain the infant stages, the milk stages, so they don't have the ability yet to go mature because the, the hearer is not comprehending yet. They're not mature enough to comprehend spiritually what's being said. So we have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, so he's telling them, look, You've been, a, you've been a believer long enough that you should be a teacher at this point. But yet, again, you're still falling back on the milk. You're not teaching like you should be right now. You've been with God for a while, but you're, you're, just, you're still not in that stage. In fact, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word. We're going to take a look at these elementary truths here in just a second. But... They're wanting someone to teach them the elementary truths of God's word all over again. Anyone who lives on milk, still being an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. So he's pointing out again, righteousness specifically. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, here he goes, he goes specifically into the whole realms of sin. A mature Christian is going to know the difference between right or wrong. Now, maybe in those infant stages, we're, you know, we're not sure. We're still kind of getting over, uh, you know, making those better changes and things like that. But here, as a mature Christian, with as long as, he's telling them, with as long as you've been walking with God and your relationship with God and you're still doing these things, oh, come on, by now you should be eating the meat and you should know the difference between right and wrong. And yet you're still falling into those sinful traps. That's what he's saying here. And how many people can you think of, or maybe even you, does this apply to you? That no matter how long you've been walking with God, you're still falling into these traps purposefully? Where is the maturity? Where is that solid food that you're eating? Now let's take a look at these elementary truths because that comes in in the next, in the next little bit here. So all we gotta do is just keep on reading. We'll jump into chapter six now. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. So he, he's encouraging them. Come on, let's move in to the maturity of God's word. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of the faith of, Abra, uh, the faith of God. Now, he's going to dive into these specific pieces 
that prove maturity or that, that these are the elementary truths that we shouldn't have to keep rehashing these is what he's saying. So these elementary truths that we are about to read right now, these are the ones that have already been established and that they should have known when they came into a relationship with God. These should have been the first things that they were taught. So again, starting in just the end of chapter 6 here is where we get those elementary truths laid out for us. So not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, verse 2, in instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, the eternal judgment, and God permitting we will do so. He's going to go ahead and lay those foundations if they got time, but these are foundations they should already have. So again, what are those foundations? Repentance. It's a foundation of faith, of baptism, of the laying on of hands, of resurrection, the resurrection, and lastly, the judgment. These are elementary truths that they should already know. But the writer is saying, look, if we got time, God willing, we will we'll talk about these things again because they're important. He wants them to, to understand them so that they can move to that meat. That meat, that's, that's what we're heading towards. That's what we should be heading towards. But for some reason, they've been stuck right here in the, in the, the milk part in those elementary truths. Maybe maybe that's where we find a lot of the church. Although you've been in church, maybe you've been in the church for 10, 20 years, and you still don't know these elementary truths, what the writer of Hebrews is saying is, look, we'll teach you. we got to move on. We've got to grow up. We've got to move into that point of maturity in our walk with God. So, if we, are, if we are still in these elementary truths or if we are living in this point where we don't really see the difference between right or wrong, we're not making those choices to choose the right, when that option to do the wrong is there with us, then how mature are we in our walk with God? It's very clear. God's word is very clear. He lets us know what is right and what is wrong. If it goes against God's word, obviously it's wrong, right? And that's going to be a sin. And God wants us not to live in sin. He wants us to live in the freedom of him. But we still have to work within the boundaries that he's given us. We've talked about that already, about how, how God has these laws and they're for our protection. So if we go outside of those those, those fences there, we put ourselves in a position where we are in sin. And God doesn't want us to be in that. So if we are purposely jumping the fence, so to say, then how mature are we? If we are purposely running to sin, then how mature are we? And if we don't know these elementary truths, if we're still trying to figure those out. Now, there's a, there's a, a point there where we're going to do some more depth in, in our study and, and all that type of stuff. So, yes, we might come back to these elementary truths just to continue to, to understand them and, you know, make sure we're still sharp on them. Even even ball players, you know, they they throw the ball for years and catch and they throw and they catch. But sometimes they still got to go back to the basics there because maybe it's gotten a little sloppy. I understand that. 
But we're talking about people who have been doing these things forever and ever and ever and have not allowed themselves to move on to that next level. If we're still just playing catch for the past 30 years and we're not working on any other skills, well, that that's what I'm talking about. These are the people who we got a problem. Now, if you know all these other techniques and you just want to sharpen them, got that. But if we're still just playing catch and we haven't gotten up to the batting practice yet or we haven't gotten up to, to learning how to do something different than catch and we've been in the church for a while, those are the infants. We need to get this lesson learned so that we can move on in our relationship with God. So we can move to the maturity, to those levels that God wants us to go to, to where eventually we can be the teacher. Okay, so when you catch, you know, have your glove out. You know, teaching someone how to do it, that's the, that's the signs of maturity. So growth, I wrote this down, growth for the believer is not a choice, but is a definition. We're required to grow. We're, we're required to work out our salvation. We are required to know God. That's part of, of, of becoming a Christian, is to spend that time to know God. Are we really diving in? Are we really feasting with him? Are we, are we getting into his word and really trying to, to, to have that meal, to know who God is so that we can advance the kingdom? Are we making God a priority? Romans 12, 2. I'm gonna end, we're going to end on this, this verse right here. Now, this is one that I'm sure you know. And you probably won't even have to turn to it. I'm going to turn to it just so I can read it to you properly because I know it in a couple different translations. So let me not let me not mix it up here. Let's we'll just start Romans 12:1. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so we see in this here to not conform, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be one of those ones who just allows anything to come in and you find that it's not the truth and it sways you from what really is truthful. We've got to be careful, especially nowadays. There's all these, these same as what Jesus was saying back when he was around. In these days, there are going to be people who are gonna come and sway you. So we've gotta be fixed. We've gotta fix our minds on the things of God. We've gotta know and we've gotta transform ourselves. We've gotta to continue to, to come under him. All those little pieces there. Don't conform to what the world wants to drag us into, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this transformation only happens when we are in a relationship with God. Think about a caterpillar. We're going to close with this. Caterpillar. Caterpillar becomes a beautiful butterfly. 
but there's this process that happens. And in the beginning, the caterpillar is eating. Maybe you've, maybe you've seen that old book, The Hungry Caterpillar, right? And he's eating this and eating that and eating this and eating that and eating this and eating that. And, and then he starts to make his cocoon. And while he's in this cocoon stage, there's a transformation that is beginning. All the stuff that he ate, it wasn't for nothing. It was there purposely to transform him, to help him mature into what is about to explode from his cocoon. If he didn't have those the food and the nutrients that he needed to basically engorge himself so that he could be in this cocoon state for however long it took, well, then he would die in there because he would die of that starvation. But he, he eats. And now he's going through this transformation. And when he begins to peek out of his little cocoon and emerges, he is a butterfly. The butterfly is that physical symbol of his maturity. But it starts with the eating. As a worm, yeah, he ate some of the, I'm not a worm, as a caterpillar, he ate some of those, those easier truths. And then he kind of maybe moved into some bigger truths. And he, he was storing it all in so that in the end result, he would be that mature butterfly. This is what I want for us. Maybe you already are that mature butterfly. That's, that's what we want, right? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're still eating. Maybe you've been eating for some time. It's time for you to go in that cocoon stage, so to say. It's time for you to allow it to transform you. Allow God's word to do its work in you and emerge as that mature Christian that mature believer, and now begin to train others, begin to teach others, begin to, to, to teach them those elementary truths that you know. That's the sign of a mature, meat-eating Christian. So how desperate for God are we? Are we ready to jump in and have a meal? Or are we still... Still drinking from the bottle. Hey, this is Pastor Daniel. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Obedient Sheep podcast. If you'd like to get more information on this ministry or even get in contact with me, please go to obedientsheep.net. There you'll be able to leave your information, drop a line, send a prayer request, or even check out the other resources that are available. Thank you again for checking out this ministry, and we hope you have a blessed day.